Welcome to The Uncertainties, the podcast for 20-somethings who don't quite have their shit together yet. I'm your host, Karis, and I started this podcast because the last few years have been a huge learning curve for me. Entering the world of work, moving out of my family home, trying and often failing to live up to the challenges of being a fully-fledged adult. It can be overwhelming at the best of times, and I know that I'm not the only person who feels like this because I'm going to be speaking to a bunch of my friends and people that I admire about the struggles that they have faced and how they are able to absolutely smash life. My guest today is not only a vice president at Goldman Sachs, but also a holistic wellness and skincare influencer that creates content focused on relationships, mental health, chronic illnesses, and personal struggles. Despite experiencing skin struggles her whole life, including rosacea, acne, and sensitivity, Lydia had never suffered from eczema as a child. However, between 2014 and 2016, after a series of huge lifestyle changes, including a new graduate job, a new relationship, new house, lots of stress, and little control, her skin took a very quick downward spiral. In February 2016, she found herself on the verge of a mental breakdown due to life-limiting eczema. After posting about her experiences online, she quickly gained a huge following and lots of positive comments for finally opening up and having an honest conversation around eczema and skin issues generally, a topic that many have shied away from on social media platforms. From there, she created her website, itchyscratchy.com, to blog about her personal journey using her experiences to share helpful tips about how to maintain healthy skin and have a balanced life. So welcome, Lydia. Thank you for having me. Such a lovely introduction. How are you doing? I am great. Have enjoyed the London sun. And yes. Very happy to be in this place. You are looking fancy. incredibly, um, incredibly bronze. Thank so you. So well. It, very it has been a lot of hard work for me, but I have been really <laughs> putting all my effort in. Yes. Love that. Love that <laughs> for you. It is almost, I hate to be really British, but it's almost most at a level of slightly too hot today. No, like, you can't say that. Um, what have you been up to? I saw that you were in, were you in the Cotswolds recently? Yes. So lovely. Yeah. Bojo didn't let me go to uh, <laughs> Portugal or anywhere else. Cotswolds, so. basically the same thing. Yeah. And you couldn't go to Cornwall because the whole world The world. I have never seen so much Cornwall content on my yeah, feed. It's me ridiculous. Neither. Yeah. So I, it, at that point, it was just a case of like, where is there... <laughs> <laughs> well, an Airbnb, Airbnb, let me go. Or a yeah. hotel. You know, I've always been that person that's like, don't take a day off to go somewhere in England. Oh no, my God, what me a waste. Too. Like, I'm still that person. Only go on holiday and I was like, it's clearly not going to happen, so just book somewhere. <laughs> and we were so blessed with the weather because I feel like if you go anywhere in the UK and it's pissing it down with rain... It, it won't be very enjoyable whereas mm, genuinely mm. I could not believe how beautiful the Cotswolds is like scenery wise you could like you could have been anywhere in the world it was just stunning and gorgeous and um, yeah it looked food was really good nice. and the weather was good so yeah I feel really refreshed and I'm actually like you know what it is okay to holiday in the UK yeah but, there are some good spots you know school holidays are coming and I think it's just going to be the whole world are going to be in Cornwall. <laughs> or, you know, in King's Cross, they've got those little water fountains where oh, everyone... Oh, yeah. I yeah, think that's, that's going to be at the extent of my uh, <laughs> summer beach trip. But anyway, oh how about you? God. Yeah, good. I'm exactly that person who has resisted, still up until now, doing like a homestay. Uh, to the point where my work are like actually begging me to take annual leave. <laughs> like you've you've taken no no holiday because I'm just like well there's, there's just not really any point there's not really any point so I'm definitely going to take a leave out of your book. Oh, I'm so happy for you to be here and um, I was kind of mentioning to you before we started this podcast but 
if anything, this episode is quite selfish of me because as someone who um, who really suffers badly and has done since childhood from eczema, it's been amazing to follow um, like your blog and everything that you're doing. And it's like been really refreshing and opened my eyes, eyes up to so many amazing products and um, different kind of methods and uh, like thinking about triggers and things like that and food and just so many things that I probably haven't thought about before and that have really, really helped me. So I thought it would be quite interesting. Um, obviously, I mentioned in my introduction that uh, 2014 to 2016 yeah. was a, pe- a period of kind of huge transition for you. So you're, um, uh, you know, you started a new job, yeah. new house, all of these different things. And I just kind of was wondering if you were able to go into that period of your life in a little bit more detail and kind of really understand how those transitions yeah. then affected other parts of your life. Yeah, for sure. So, and it also, that time frame coincided with moving to London for the first time. And I don't know whether, you know, pollution or water or something, you know, had an impact on that yeah. too. But yeah. Where, where were you before? So, uh, all around the world. So I grew up around the world. Oh, randomly. okay. I grew up in Asia. Um, oh, that's amazing. And in Asia, I always had like acne or rosacea or crazy skin reactions to the heat. And then I'm from Birmingham originally. I did go to uni in London, mm. but we were in a tiny campus. We went to UCL. <laughs> like I went from my the library to my tiny little dorm room to the one <laughs> UCL club that offered one pound drinks. I don't really think you can call that living in London because I don't I don't think I went anywhere. Oh my god, really? We I just assumed no that all London students were like all over the place. Well, I mean some of them appear to be, but I'm like I had about ten pounds to my name. Yeah, I can't and imagine how people afford Yeah, I mean uni. the good thing about UCL is it's a campus university, so it it felt like you were just on campus with people. Mm. But um I don't recall having bad skin then and it was when I first started um, my job so I first started earning money so I could go out on about more do more things I don't know whether that had a trigger but yeah something happened where I just it just started with I was just a bit itchier Um, but it spiraled to the point where it was like I'm just constantly scratching all day not realizing all parts Mm. of my body and I would and you mentioned this earlier you go to the doctor you get some cream you put it on it takes it away temporarily Mm. Um, and a lot of things were new for me. So as you said, like new job, new place to live, new, um, relationship, just new way of living when you go from being a kid to growing up basically. Um, and I don't know necessarily what was the one trigger, but it just started spiraling to the point where it was head to toe. Um, and because I didn't see it as a chronic illness or something that I could heal, I just saw it as like, this is just part of me. Mm. Um, and it started when it when it came up, I would like show people my hands. I'd be like, oh my God, look at my arm, have a look. And then as it spiraled, my self-esteem and my confidence just started to go. And yeah. I then became kind of slightly inward and just realized like, this is actually causing me a lot of, a lot of pain. Um, and it effectively in turn caused me a lot of stress and so altogether I just think my mental health was rock bottom because I didn't have control I didn't know what was going on but my physical health it got to the point where you know I was red raw I would wake up in the middle of the night in a pool of blood and oozing pus 
cut arms yeah um and i would like every night without fail at 3 a.m go and sit in the shower and turn it up to the hottest do you know what it's so interesting i was reading you talking about this and anyone who knows me and my housemates are going to listen to this and be like oh my god maybe this is why (laughs) but i've always had boiling hot showers Mm -hmm. and i and it's just been a subconscious thing and i thought it was like oh well um i know it's a bit generic but i think all women like really hot showers so maybe i'm just like you know whatever and then as soon as you said that i was like oh my god i think i do it It because of my ex exactly yeah but it's obviously never thought about that yeah and then it gets worse yeah 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 Yeah, because you're meant to shower in like lukewarm water but i was just burning my skin because it just gave me like that half an hour yes oh my gosh yeah um and then yeah i would just wake up after a completely broken night's sleep do a full day's work which was obviously an intense job Mm. um and i didn't slow down didn't take a day off didn't really think that there was anything i could do about it and as you said in the intro, like it just got to total burnout. Um, and I think that from taking steroids and then choosing just to stop taking the steroids because I realised this wasn't getting any better. Um, and at that same time, I did phototherapy, which is like a very strong UV uh, oh, sunbed. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of through the winter time. Um, so I was obviously very pale skinned at that time and basically just burnt and then peeled a layer of skin off because obviously I was so sunburned and then I was still scratching so I got an infection and just my whole body was like infected you know when you cut yourself on your knee and it's like that open wound Mm, I just had that all over my body oh my gosh I Um, can't even imagine mine has never ever got to that stage yeah and I just think that was when it got to the point where it was like your hair starts to fall out you know like you start to kind of your breathing changes and i think at that point like obviously you know about sepsis right like if you if your infection gets too bad you can you can get sepsis and die yeah. and i think a lot of people going through chronic illnesses like this who are at a point where their skin is just like red raw and and infected it is dangerous but mm. no one ever thinks eczema's dangerous no you say eczema and i was thinking about this a lot um when i was you know like reading your blogs and um, putting together for today's episode, but I was like, you know, it's just people see it as such a common, mm. livable chronic chronic illness. illness. Yeah. But um, you've just mentioned perfectly, like it can affect your life Absolutely. in every single way. Yeah, it, I think a lot of people um, are very quick to downplay it as something Agreed. to be like, oh, it's very livable. It's just like a small itch or yeah. it's a little rash here or there and not see the wider picture of how it can yeah. actually be. And actually the suicide rates associated with people that suffer with atopic dermatitis are high. Really? Yeah. And in, in the US, the numbers are huge in terms of people that suffer from eczema and it's growing. That's and so the mental illness associated with that, including suicide, is really high. And I absolutely know what that feels like there were many times when I was going to work in the morning when I genuinely just thought oh my god I wonder what would happen if I jumped in front of a train like Mm, that's that's mad that I didn't know that those were suicidal thoughts I I don't think I was ever um to the point where I was seriously contemplating it but the Mm. fact that it did come into my mind that it would actually just alleviate my pain and my suffering is really sad and scary and when I think about that period of my life the skin bit that was ancillary right the problem was I was in an unhappy relationship where I was you know controlled and emotionally just unstable and I was yeah 
quite simply just not happy and not okay. And there was me thinking, oh, it might have been the, the gluten in the pizza or, you mm. know, the cheese on my burger, you know, thinking, oh, maybe I'll just eliminate that when, no, I needed to completely step away. But that took me a good five years to do. Um, and part of, you know, all the changes that's going on in my life right now, that's still me undoing a chapter of my life that I don't think serves me anymore. And now I'm trying to move on from it. But I'm nearly 30 now. And what scares me is that, you know, eczema doesn't just start when you're an adult. There are teenage girls growing up and guys. Mm. Um, I think it's really hard for both um, who just don't have that control and don't have that happiness. And that's why I'm trying to partner with uh, pharmaceutical companies and talk about it with people like you where we actually yeah. say, you know, there are there are many more um, life-threatening diseases for sure, but a lot of diseases are short and sharp, whereas there are people with eczema that every single day of their life can't do a single basic task without genuinely either scratching themselves to pieces, you know, genuinely being in physical pain and or having, you know, mental mental side effects. Yeah, totally. And I really wanted to touch on this because you've spoken a lot about how interlinked um, physical and mental health is. And again, the more I read um your blogs the more I really kind of reflected on uh the times in my life that my eczema has been the worst and then I think god you're so right there's no coincidence it can't be a coincidence that the times I was unbelievably like unhappy in my job or really Really? like super stressed out when I had my biggest flare-ups of course they're all interlinked and uh you've spoken quite a lot about having access and um, speaking to a lot of scientists and and professionals and leaders in the industry about the ways that it's interlinked, Mm -hmm. which I would love for you to talk about in a a bit more detail. Because I think that people probably aren't aware of the of the links and think, as you say, that it's like, oh, it's dietary. I'll just like, you know, take dairy out again. I've done that. And then be like, oh, it's weird that nothing's changing. But by the way, that's not to say it won't help. But, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship and cutting out dairy, you're not going to heal yourself. Mm. You know, if you're going to cut out dairy, you also need to cut out toxic things from your life that will absolutely overpower your your illness. And I actually spoke to a nutritionist last week um, and she was asking me about sleep. And I was saying to her, yeah, yeah, I sleep like eight hours a night. Like, it's fine. Sometimes I do wake up in the middle of the night, though, and she's like, "Okay, but you know, there's a difference between being asleep for eight hours and having restorative sleep. Mm. So if you've had caffeine or alcohol or a heavy meal before sleep, your body isn't able to restore during your sleep period. Your body's trying to work to break down the caffeine or break down. And I think the same, you know, I'm not a sleep expert, but I think the same thing with skin. Like if you're through the night, your skin is trying to heal and work to protect yourself. You know, that restorative sleep will be impacted. Um, And I don't think I ever realised how much, as you just said, you know, sleep is important, but not just sleep, restorative sleep, where you're in an environment where you're relaxed and calm, you're not waking up through the night, you've prepped before going to sleep, you've woken up refreshed. I mean, how many times have you woken up just like dog tired and sore? You know, that means that what was meant to happen overnight didn't Didn't happen. Didn't happen, exactly. And I think whether it's skin or other, you know, anxiety or mental or physical, there are many reasons that people don't sleep. Um, and it's a huge killer and people don't realise. You've um, spoken about and like touched on um, TSW mm-hmm. in um, the things, you know, when you're posting yeah. and in the past. And it's quite a contentious issue and it one is. that <laughs> I definitely am very new to the conversation. So I don't want to kind of 
talk out of term. Mm-hmm. TSW basically stands for topical steroid withdrawal. Yep. Is that correct? Um, but it'd be, re- be really interesting to hear your experience of it and your thoughts mm-hmm. on it because obviously it's, yeah, I feel like it's very... Um, divided within the community like I just looked up a few things as soon as I finished that podcast I kind of started Mm. reading about it and it's very very divisive within the community so I'd be quite intrigued to see what your experience is of it yeah it's a good question and as you say very contentious topic and I actually think the sad thing is um it's a perfect example of you know and the majority of people on the community are women it's a perfect example of when women go wrong where you know a community of people suffering that should be uplifting and supporting one another instead are bringing one another down Mm. and talking about things in my opinion far beyond the wealth of knowledge that any of us have because we're patients not um dermatologists or scientists but the reality is a lot of people feel let down by the healthcare system which is why they take um matters into their own hands and I absolutely think good for you and you know I guess I did that with my health where I thought Mm. you know this GP is not going to help me I need to help myself and and work through what I'm working through so I recently posted a blog about TSW and I also did an IGTV live with um an amazing um girl called Louise King who is part of the um TSW um community so definitely those are two good resources but my view on it is when I first when I was having that terrible flare around 2016 time I was aware of it, but the the posts I saw on social media scared the hell out of me. That's just reality. They scared me. Um, scared the hell out of me, like mm. seriously. And I couldn't I couldn't look at those pictures of, you know, what people were going through, even though there was every chance that I was suffering from withdrawing from steroids myself because I had been using steroids and I had chosen to stop, not because I'd seen stuff online, but just because I clearly realised the creams weren't helping. Mm. But for me, after three months of phototherapy, which burned me in an infection, I did go and see my dermatologist and he was amazing. And he said to me, your life, this, you know, your life is incredibly limited. And he put me on a course of oral steroids and antibiotics. And I went on them for three weeks and they worked amazingly and the, it never came back. So the idea of TSW is whatever you take, it will, you know, momentarily make your skin better. But it's just putting a plaster on the wound and then the second you come off, you withdraw and the flare comes up worse because your skin is actually like addicted to the steroid and withdrawing Mm. from the steroid. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, but my point is, in my case, that's not what happened. So I did very much um, have a good response to the dermatology care that I was under. So I did my allergy testing. I did the patch testing. I identified what was triggering my skin. For me, I had an allergy to dust mites. Um, I had a skin biopsy taken, which is like a hole punch in your back, and they send it to a lab and test what it is. And they confirmed that it was severe eczema. And he then yeah, put me on the steroids. And like I say, that those pictures that you see where they're horrible, that never came back. And then for about another year, I also saw a therapist um, and worked on like my mental health and um, summer came and everything just got better for me and I still would use topical steroids sparingly um, until such time where I just didn't need to use them and I haven't used them in years and I won't use them again because Mm. I absolutely think that 
not enough people know how to use them and they can be very dangerous. But what I don't like to see is people online who are not qualified telling other people online, stop taking steroids, don't go to your GP, don't go and see your dermatologist, because I think that is negligence. Like, I don't think anybody on the internet should be dictating to another person what they should do medically. Um, Even GPs and dermatologists are not allowed to give advice on social media. They would be you know they would lose their jobs like you cannot do that and so my view is heal your own way I made a decision to take dermatology but I also had that private through work so I'm incredibly privileged that I had access to healthcare that a lot of people don't have if you go and see your GP they've got a 10 minute slot to get you in and out the door they're not going to ask you about your life they're going to give you some steroid cream because they know that that will momentarily get rid of what's going on for you and what hurts me is that there are you know millions of people suffering that need private dermatology care and don't have access to it so it's easy for me to say how great the dermatologist was when I know a lot of people don't yeah I think something that is very important that you've just touched on is just how you have to value everyone's experiences so unbelievably like individual to yes. them and like their their you know subset subcategory yeah. of circumstances I suppose because mm-hmm. everyone is living such incredibly different lives absolutely and uh if there's anything that I think I'm starting to realize about eczema and living with eczema is how many small things can affect it yeah. um and so you know obviously that's going to change from person to person you know 100%. we could look at each other and think that we live very similar lives and still yeah. there would be differences in how our bodies would react to certain types of medicine or Agreed. creams or things i think that's really interesting actually that you're um talking about your community because of course as soon as you started speaking about this you gained a huge following that you weren't really expecting i guess at no. the beginning I um, thought everyone would unfollow me and be like, oh my gosh, she's so <laughs> weird. And then instead everyone was like, I've got terrible skin too, even my friends. And I was yeah. like, we've hung out for years. How did neither of us no, know about we it? Yeah, real? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's um, it's so refreshing, I think, when someone kind of goes against the grain because, I mean, platforms and how we talk on platforms is really changing. I would love to talk to you about that in a little bit as well. Yeah. But at that, t- I'm sure at that time, and I mean, even now to this day, people aren't, uh, able to or feel like they're able to be their authentic self so I think it cuts against you know it, you cut against the noise when mm. you present a really authentic and just like vulnerable voice yeah. and that's what I think what really can like strike a chord with audiences but I suppose it sounds like because you have such a kind of strong community of people who are like looking to you and your journey yeah. um, you must have really insightful conversations with everyone and, and understanding how people have um, dealt with eczema and, yeah. and chronic illnesses but it also is it quite like a lot to take in like if people are yeah. sending you dms talking about suicidal thoughts and as you say like you're not a medical professional how do you take yeah. that on and also as someone who uh, knows that their own chronic illness is triggered by stress yeah. how do you like compartmentalize that in your life to be like you know to not let that stress you yeah. out, to not think, yeah. if I don't reply to this person who's DM'd me, yeah. 
am I contributing to Agreed, their yeah. mental illness kind of thing? Like That must be quite a difficult yeah. thing to navigate. It's so true. You're totally right. It is difficult, but it's also by far the best part of yeah. the whole thing. Like It must be as rewarding as it is. It's so like, rewarding. There's stressful. no better feeling than even what you said, like, oh, I found a vino and I found it so helpful. Yeah. Like <laughs> You have no idea how, how good it feels for somebody to give you that kind of positive feedback that that blog you wrote thinking no one would read actually resonated with someone or even helped them heal their skin and the bit about vulnerability is very true because the two things that I posted about one a terrible relationship and one terrible skin both things gained the following so it was the vulnerability that people associated with and that tells you all you need to know about the human race we're all vulnerable we're all going through things um but you know, it it is time consuming. There's one girl at the moment who I adore, um, who is going through a tough time with their relationship, and we've been voice noting back and forth. And oh, like, so I'm good. so invested in the story. You know, yeah. I'm so invested in it, and it it truly is like just a friend. And the irony is, you know, our closest friends, we don't get into you know details as vulnerable as that. Yeah. And yet, with a complete stranger, sometimes it's totally okay to just Completely say how bad up. things are. Mm. Um, and so. It is draining, but it is... In fact, no, it's not draining. It It is a pressure to know that someone is relying on you for advice, but it's actually rewarding because there are so many other parts of my life that... You know, it's just like you work all this, all this, um, you know, you put so much into things and you don't really get much back. And mm. having people give that um, commentary back is amazing. But you do have to set boundaries where, you know, you have to make clear, like, I can't cure you of this I've put a blog out there that I would like you to read and you need to do this yourself and a lot of people do actually um but I also think like the following I have it's not gigantic it's big but not gigantic Mm. and I like that because I wouldn't want to have or I mean I think we all would love to have millions of followers but like there are people with millions of followers who can't have that connection yeah because it's just too much and so I quite like the fact that I actually do have a a manageable amount because I can actually build connections with people who are complete strangers. That's so lovely, actually. You're so right. And I think, um, not that I know anyone who's got millions of followers, but I imagine that when you get to that stage, um, it almost becomes like a bit like, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of debilitating because you know that whatever you put out into a public domain will be criticised. And so you start policing Agreed. every single thing that you do to the point yeah. where you uh, don't become, like you're not really yeah. yourself anymore. Yeah. And you watch people do it. Yeah. You watch people be vulnerable, get a following because everyone agrees. And then they also attract a whole load of trolls that completely shut them down to the point where they backtrack. It's yeah. like a really sad cycle. Yeah. Um. So I kind of don't want that and as you said earlier everything's perfect on instagram which can sometimes bring a lot of jealousy and nastiness Mm -hmm. and totally not what women especially should be doing for one another which is why i try and be like my dms are open to be a friend to you and i hope that in you know response yeah that it's i get that support back yeah Yeah, totally i'm guessing you're kind of this the following started around is it like the 2016 period it was 2018 when i wrote my blog so that was when i um my skin was doing really well. I had gone on a vegan diet, kind of an anti-inflammatory diet. I was finally ready to just do the next couple of steps for my skin. Mm. Um, 
and it was 2018 when I first did the blog and that's when I started um, gaining more of a following and actually it was Avino who reached out to me first because I wrote a blog about their product because oh, that's amazing. their product wow. I went to Boots every day at work yeah. and like got a new cream and Avino was just the best one so I wrote a blog about them they found it and said oh my god thank you do you want to come on to our program Oh my god, that's amazing. Like ambassador programme. So everyone's there with like thousands of followers and there's me with my like 3,000. But the irony is, I feel like I had the most kind, kind of, of influence. people with Avino. Yeah, yeah, with Eczema and Avino. And that has helped me grow. So I'm very grateful to them actually because they've taught me so much firstly. Yeah. Um, they've supported me when I was tiny. And I think a lot of people have found the product to be really useful. So it's, it's kind of great. funny how it works It's out. so great. Also, like, bloody hard to come by these days. I have to, like, no. scour, <laughs> like, 10 different boots to find that specific Aveeno cream. I'm like, oh, my God, everyone is using this damn cream. I think I, I actually got it as a birthday present, which says so much about my, where my life is. I'm for it. I'm for it. <laughs> and I was like, this is the best gift of all it time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, you've spoken about um, how you've managed your eczema yeah. and, and, and chronic illness and um, that it's a lot kind of it's stress induced yes. mostly. And I was wondering, I think you've mentioned that you do a lot of kind of yoga and meditation, mm-hmm. but how you're able to kind of remedy the stressful parts of your life yeah it's such a good question and it's so funny because whenever you say like do yoga and mindfulness how many people go out the next day and like you know seriously practice a meditation session and do a yoga session because the reality is we're busy stressful stressed people yeah um like I remember when I was really suffering you know I did the yoga and I did all of that but obviously I was really stressed you can't heal yourself with just that you have to find yourself on like an equilibrium like you have to just permanently be relaxed taking deep breaths feeling calm and content because if for x amount of period you know in each day you are genuinely high stress heart racing adrenaline angry anxious like you're taking years off your life it is Mm -hmm. a killer stress is one of the biggest killers it's a cause of so many other diseases and I think if we treated stress the same way that we would treat other you know really bad things in our life people would take more care but what's the one thing that goes out the window when we're busy our self-care so I do love yoga because it's so relaxing and it's good for you and just moving your body but I also think I found in lockdown like going for a walk going outside you know taking a bath having a nice dinner with a loved one. Mindfulness can can be anything. It just has to be what you want to do. Mm. So if you hate yoga, don't bother doing yoga because you're going <laughs> to that's not going to relieve your stress. Like 20 minutes. Yeah. It's not going to work for you. Yeah. If you don't want to sit with your legs crossed and do breath work, don't do it. Find what you like to do. What is it? Is it watch TV? Who cares if that's what it is? Is it Mm. read a book? Like, find what you actually like to do and do more of that. It's basic, but people don't do it. Um, It can be exercise or or not. So when I was stressed, I was just permanently stressed. My cortisol levels were permanently high because I was permanently either crying because of what was happening in my life or crying Mm. because of my skin or stressed because of whatever was going on. Whereas now, I actually have try and consciously, you know, be continuously de-stressed. 
And then I notice if something does happen where I start to get stressed, like I'll notice that I'm scratching or I'll notice that my heart's beating or I'll notice that I don't sleep so well or my appetite goes. And for years, I never noticed any of that happening because it was permanently up. Mindfulness is more like notice when you're being a shitty person, (laughs) notice when you're reacting to something and do something about it. You know, when I was commuting a couple of years ago, oh my God, I used to get in about 10 fights a day on the tube into work. And I now I mean, realise, what I realised was, I was unhappy. So I was reacting like that way. And I was bit, projecting. Yeah. Yeah. Those people were still assholes, but that was me. <laughs> and I think if you find yourself like arguing with everybody and pissing, you know, everybody's pissing you off and things keep going wrong and you're getting really stressed, like the reality is, it's you, you're reacting um, you know, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you deal with it. And so, yeah, you can do yoga all you want, but I'd rather you take ownership and accountability for your own behaviour, which is really fucking hard to do. Yeah. Remove co- toxicity from your life. As you say, you changed who you were following. Stop following people that don't talk about things that matter to you. Mm. Stop following people that make you feel bad about yourself. Stop having friendships with people who, when you spend time with them, make you feel bad about yourself. And, you know... We've all worked from home for a year. You know how I don't really see on TikTok there's all these hilarious jokes about the workplace. But the reality is there were people who were sitting next to somebody for 12 hours a day that they literally hated. How backward is that as a human being? How backward that you take yourself to a location every day to sit next to somebody you detest to go home to project your unhappiness on the people you literally love. Yeah. How backward is that as a human being nature? But that's what we all did. Um, and I think that's why it's important like find a job you love find people that you want to work with because that is so important and you know stress is a killer and all those times where your cortisol levels are high are a killer so if you're sitting next to somebody or you're in an environment where stuff's going wrong like you owe it to your own health to get out there's no point doing yoga at the end of the day you need to get yourself to a place where you don't need to do yoga at the end of the day because your day you got through that without stresses. Yeah, and I think if you approach totally. it that way, you might work on it um, a bit better. And actually, with that, um, I know that you mentioned kind of um, in your own personal life when you was it when you first moved to London that you got a new house and and uh, a boyfriend. I imagine that um, that must be quite quite tricky because buying a house is it's a very very big commitment. I, um, yeah, and. Uh, as you say, you were kind of going through the motions of, of transitioning into to full adulthood. I, and I imagine that if you were already unhappy in a relationship to then also have, have bought a house, like a yeah. physical entity <laughs> with someone, that is like another level of kind of maybe feeling slightly trapped within a situation. Yeah, yeah it's such a good question because with hindsight, it's so funny how you can you know, totally look yeah, at that period of your clarity. life and analyse it with clarity. But the reality was, the way I would describe it is like just a snowball effect where, you know, my skin was getting worse and worse and worse. I was in a relationship where obviously, I mean, you know, I was obviously happy. I wanted to buy a house with this person, but I was very young. It obviously wasn't the right decision to make. Or maybe it was the right decision to make because actually, you know, it is okay to look back on something and know that it was, you know, not the future that, was intended for either party but you can still 
um, those memories don't have to be lost. Like I was speaking to someone the other day who said, yeah, but we were together for four years. Like all of that's wasted. And I'm like, no, it's not. Mm. Those are four years where you grew, you learned, you traveled, you probably had loads of fun times. That is a period of your life. And then you move on to another, just like you change jobs, just like friends. We don't need to look at a period of time and, and completely go, erase oh it. no, all of that was useless. No, actually, there were some great times and there was no problem with them, with yeah. them having happened. But the and reality- the formative years of your life as well, where you learn so formative. much about yourself as well. Yeah, mm. but the reality is, obviously, I was very unwell, clearly, you know, not able to think straight, took on a very big project with someone who was very focused on that and I'm not sure they were as focused on me as they were the, the project and, and, you know, that happening. But I found myself with um, a huge yeah, house project on, a huge renovation project and obviously I was allergic to dust mites, like I was unwell, it was stressful and a lot of it was out of my control. A lot of the decisions I wasn't either allowed to make or I didn't make and I found myself in a situation where I had completely no control Um, I was obviously poorly, I had a busy job, I had a busy life and I found myself constantly battling because I was always confident enough to say what I felt and say what was right, which now I look back and think, my God, you were right, Lids. So good yeah, for you for pushing. Like, trust but your gut. The reality was, yeah, I was just pushing against a brick wall um, and completely spiralling out of control and it was almost like things were happening without me making any sound decisions decisions or conscious decisions whereas you know now the thought of like buying a property with a partner like I put I'm putting so much thought into it and I'm like really planning and I'm really excited about things that can happen together but the reality was that was just a very whirlwind thing that happened and yeah spent five years together and the house was great and we lived with flatmates and so the reality was we had a really fun time with you know a great set of people um and when my eczema was bad you know there are very many reasons why you want a partner because they're so helpful they can be so supportive Mm. it's pretty amazing if you can get a partner that can support you through Um, chronic skin conditions because it's hard to do Um, I was seeing my therapist who she specialized in people with skin conditions and stress and we spent the whole time talking about like my relationship and (laughs) like every time I basically wanted her to when I would go through scenarios she was just like oh my god I'd be so mad too and I was like, no, I'm expecting you to tell me that I have like uh, yeah. a mental disorder or like I'm in the wrong and you need to. Yeah. I was really punishing, actually. And that's I feel really bad about that on myself where I was like waiting for her to tell me, confirm to me what was wrong with me and like mm. give me the tools to better myself. When in the reality, she was like, oh, my God, I'd be so pissed off, too. I'd be furious, too. Like, you're so right. And so I think she just gave me the tools and the strength that I needed. And as my skin got better and I guess I was able to make more decisions and feel better start of 2019 I had an opportunity to work abroad for a couple of months so I was kind of like I'm done I'm going to work abroad like see ya this is easy yeah um and then like Brexit happened and they were like come back to England (laughs) no Brexit didn't happen and they were like never mind and I was like shit I'm gonna go back so went back and you know for a couple of months it was like I was like damn you everyone uh extending extending the the deadline um 
and yeah came back for a few months and just realized like I hadn't missed him at all I was yeah. so happy um where I was and like my head was getting turned I was getting excited by other things and I was just I guess I just got stronger and stronger every day and I guess I did the grieving process before the end of the relationship right. um and you know that's a definitely a weak approach because the reality is the second that stuff is wrong and you're unhappy you should walk away but mm. the reality is people don't and I now try and get people to walk away because I know it's the right decision but I think I grieved it as I got stronger and as I got help I was able to know that like all of that didn't serve me but I did have a house and especially for women society tells you that like once you're on that path you should stay on it yeah and I again want to bat that down because I think it's so not true now or I realize how not true it is what you've just said kind of brings me on really nicely to the questions I love um asking my guests which one of them is what what is one of the main things that you've learned as an adult and I mean even just speaking to you right now I feel like there's so many things Mm -hmm. in the last kind of like you know five to eight years it sounds like that you have learned I went when I was in the Cotswolds at the weekend I was sat next to a table of university girls and you know when you just can't help but eavesdrop so I was listening to that conversation and um yeah Jace my boyfriend the whole time was like hello (laughs) I was like I'm just so engrossed in their conversation because basically all they were talking about was like whatever guy was on the scene and how like they didn't want to be single and the wedding ring and the marriage and like and I was just fascinated because I was thinking what the hell why are you talking about this but I realized that's what we all talked about the whole time when we were you know late teenagers you know when you're that age you're thinking okay how can I find a guy to get married and, you know, confirm that I've got that status or get whatever, whatever, whatever. And the reality is life will throw so much more shit at you. So like that <laughs> yeah. is the least of your worries. And I think that is the biggest thing I learned. And it, go, it your gut when just things don't work out initially, like those very tiny initial red flags that we all are just taught to like allow to just happen and we make excuses for them. Oh, but you know, I always used to think like, maybe if I could just go for one month without crying or without an argument, then it'll be okay. Or maybe just like yeah, one setting one, those impossible yeah, like timelines. One night out yeah. where we don't oh have an gosh. argument or yeah. maybe like, you know, six months where I genuinely feel happy, then maybe it's the right thing. You know, like you just tell yourself like stay in it and give it more oh, time totally. and you like categorize periods of time or events. And we all do that. And I just think guys like, has COVID not taught us anything? How, you know, financial struggle, health struggle, like really? all that we are taught to focus on is such menial things. Yeah. And instead it's like, no, learn how to do taxes and like invest in a good portfolio <laughs> and get yourself a good savings plan. Yeah, and, like, like be financially literate and, instead yeah, of and, like, pining for yeah, a relationship. And find yeah. somebody that like you can get through each day with who genuinely has your back and loves and adores you unapologetically allows you to be yourself and I just think I obviously was looking for the wrong things or allowing completely the wrong things and my gut did tell me and I feel like most people are smart and their gut tells them but they don't act on it and I think that's what I'm not mad at myself for not doing sooner, but I did eventually and I just want more people to just act and not end up settling. And there are many people, I'm sure we all know them, who are 40, 50, 60 years old who admit that they settled. Yeah, totally. Um, Totally. Whether it it ends later in life or not. Um, And that's no problem either because, hey, that shapes them and there are many positives to, I'm sure, all the things that they've learned. But I just think if you can 
don't let those things happen to you and trust your gut early on. I think it is quite like an inherently female thing as well to, to, to feel like you have to be quite passive about things and feel like you've got to just kind of be quite accepting of things that are happening, even if they are within your control. I, and um, if people might be too scared to end that toxic relationship or to end yeah. to leave that job because they feel as though they've failed at life even though they're yeah. in their early 20s yeah. and it's like oh my god it's baffling this is the beginning of your life Correct. not the end the i just wanted to ask as yes. i usually do with all my guests two things the first is what do you feel the most uncertain about right now yeah good question i mean probably what everyone thinks which is covid and yeah. normal life and like how... it's quite a redundant question right yeah, now because everyone's like, just, like obviously I, it, COVID. I, I just feel like deeply sorry for people that have you know postponed a wedding for four four times oh, and like especially for women like there are a lot of people that want to get married before having babies and like yeah. life has been put on hold or small business owners who are just you know for the whatever month just and i just think we're in a period of time where the reality is it's not going to be four more weeks. No, oh God, It's just I know, not. I know. And it will likely be a forever thing. And that's really daunting for a lot of people who are waiting for stuff to happen. Yeah, it's a tough You know, post-COVID. Whereas what I luckily did was, in COVID period, sorted my life out. Mm. Like, you know, I was able to just be at home and sell the house, get my shit together, like, do my life admin, figure out where I was living, like... A lot of things fell into place for me and that's just luck, pure luck that that happened for me. So I'm personally not uncertain right now because I finally feel like I had a bit of downtime to figure out the uncertainty. You know, I got the promotion I was after. I was able to sell the house and move on and close that chapter. I was excited about the new chapter. But I guess the next stage of uncertainty for me and I guess a lot of women like in my situation of my age is okay, well, when do you, like, settle down and have a family versus push your career versus, like, when do you leave London? When do you go and grow up? And I think that it, because society just puts pressure on you, women and men, actually, yeah, totally. um, that's uncertain. Um, and what is one thing that you feel very, very certain about right now? I feel 100% certain about the state of my skin and the state of my relationship. And those are the two things that for many a year I was very uncertain about. And those are two things now that I prioritise and put very high on my agenda because they're very important to me because I lost that part of me for so many years. Mm. And I feel 100% certain that I've got an incredible person by my side and my skin is is good and will stay that way um, because I give it the kind of love and self-care that it needs. So actually that is something I'm certain about. And a lot of this is about mindset. So if you tell yourself you'll achieve something, you will. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I don't flare up in the morning and all of this. <laughs> no. I think, and I think it gives a lot of people hope because I have so, so, I cannot express enough being in that state where I've like looked at how like my flare up and I've literally thought there is no way out of it yeah. like this is literally me now for the rest of my life and I think everything that you're doing not only bringing awareness and and also just like showing through very kind of simple practices and and things that you can do that there is there are ways to help there are ways to kind of get yourself out of that hole whether it be mental or physical you know there there are there are better times ahead basically and totally. like it, it's not it's never a forever thing it will you know get better and i think that's um it's you know it, it's a very valuable 
thing and you're doing a very valuable thing thank so it has been so lovely having you on it's thank been you so, nice. so this much this is the fanciest podcast location <laughs> i have ever been to that's all robbie it's so fancy <laughs> thank you robbie for allowing me to be here because i know really feel very grateful to have, to have been able to be here so thank you so much for oh that. my god no it's been amazing thank you so much oh um we'll be back with another episode very soon so thank you bye, bye.